Well, we are in 21 days of prayer, and we're also in a series right now called Pray First. And uh, how many of you know that it's important when we make big decisions in life that we should pray first? And we, I want to be a pray first kind of people. I don't want to be a prayer is a last resort. I want to be a pray first kind of person. I want to be a pray first kind of husband. I want to be a pray first father. I want to be a pray first pastor. I want to be a pray first follower of Christ. I want New Life Church to be a pray first church. Not a, hey, we've tried everything else. We should pray. Um, no, I, I say we should be a pray first. And this is part of the reason why we start off every year taking a 21-day period to focus on prayer. Last week, we started this series off, and we talked about the series. The message is called Ask, because in Matthew chapter 7, it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And the one that knocks, the door will be opened. And this is what we said last week. We said, keep asking is prayer. So keep on praying. Keep seeking is earnest prayer. Have a, have a hunger to your prayer. Keep knocking is that we are actively patient in prayer. Like we keep showing up. In Matthew 7, 8, it says that for everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, the doors will be open. I'm praying that for open doors in your life this year as you ask, seek, and knock in your and really not just 21 days, but 21 days would be the kickstart to your life of prayer and journey with God. And so this morning I wanna, I wanna shift now to how Jesus said to pray. Jesus gives us some insight in how to pray. You know, I, I, I've been in ministry for 16 years and, and you know, like part of discipleship and helping people grow in their walk with the Lord is like some, many times like, I just don't, I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. And, um, and well, Jesus gives us a way to pray. And we can find it in, in, the, in the book of Matthew, chapter 6. But first I'm going to kind of set it up and give us some context for what Jesus, how Jesus is going to tell us to pray. And in Matthew 6, 1, this is what it says. It says, practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Okay, are you, so I want you to catch that. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen. So what do you think the heart is of what is happening in this kind of righteousness? It's more of a self-righteousness, right? That I get to be seen for what I do and glorified by men. Well, if, if that's why you do this kind of righteousness, God says, well, that is your reward. I will not reward you. Because this is an issue of heart, Right? He goes on in the second verse, next verse, he says, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets. Now, in, in the early first century, at the temple, they had a, 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 an alms box. It was a box of, it was, it was a sadaka. It, was, it had to do with and people would give in this box. Kind of like in the back of our worship center, we have boxes that maybe if you missed the bucket when it came by and you're using the restroom, that's okay. You can drop your offering in the boxes in the back of the worship center. Well, there was a, a, a generosity-style box at the temple in the early first century, and on top of it was this uh, bell-shaped 
trumpet-shaped funnel. You know, like when you go to the mall, I don't know if they still have this, but when I was a kid at the, at, at the store, I remember specifically at the ice cream shop, they had this big funnel, and you would slide the quarter down the ramp, and that quarter, you know, would like track all the way down. And say, okay, well imagine a funnel on top of the box that you can put your offering in, but your hand can't get inside. So it was kind of like a security thing, so no one would steal the, the offering at, at the temple that was used to help the poor. You could put the money in, but you couldn't get your hand down inside. And now, how many of you, uh, if, or if you're honest, uh, I know when I was a little boy at that ice cream store, I was trying to see if I could get my hand down in the bottom of that thing to see if I could get some more quarters to throw down the thing. I just thought it was the coolest, right? Well, that's how it was designed. So, designed. so, so here's what would happen. The rich that had a handful of coins, they would really make that trumpet sound when they would give. And so they would take their handful of coins and they would go to that, that, that giving box and they would really let that thing sound and ring with all the change that, and people, your, your attention would draw to it like, wow, that, that sounded like a lot. And so, he, so Jesus, again, he's dealing with an issue of the heart here. He says, when you give to the needy, don't sound the trumpets. He's, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. And what was their reward? A little bit of applause for men. Oh, good job. Ooh, that sounded like a lot. Hey, you gave, right? That was the, simply, that was their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. How do you think a father rewards his children? Generously, right? Okay, now Jesus, in the next verse, this is the same portion of Scripture. What have we dealt with so far? We've we dealt with righteousness and generosity, which are very similar. But we're dealing with an issue of the heart. He says, and when you practice, and when you give, don't be like this. He's talking about heart. Don't do it for people. Do it for the Lord. And watch what Jesus says next. He says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to what? To be seen by others. Why? Well, we already know why from the other instances. For the little bit of applause from people, little bit of praise of man. But truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now what do you think the reward is of prayer? Answered prayer. What do you think the reward is of prayer done for people? A little bit of applause. But, un but unanswered prayers. You see, Jesus is trying to get to the heart of this here. That prayer is really about this. It's about you and the Father. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. 
Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. And here's what I want you to know. What Jesus likes about prayer is Jesus likes a heart that is right and prayer that is real. A heart that is right, prayer that is real. It's not prayer that impresses people, but it's just real prayer between you and the Father that no one else may even know about. He hears those prayers. So yes, that means when you were alone in your car on your way to work and you cried out to God because you had a bad day, he heard your prayer. He heard your prayer. And yes, that even means that maybe if you thought that your prayer was super special and super, super cool and like, man, people heard it and they, I, I, I probably looked like a pretty righteous person, then he didn't. Because you already have your reward. So this is the heart of prayer. Jesus is saying prayer is Prayer is too sacred to the Father to make it cheap by searching for the praise of man. So, so now when we, when we talk about, well, how do I pray? I don't know what to say. Well, the Father doesn't seem to be too concerned about you impressing him with your words. He just wants a right heart and prayer that is real. And, and so Matthew 6, 9. Then Jesus shifts in the next verse. After he sets up the kind of like preparing our hearts for prayer, then he says this, this then is how you should pray. And then he goes into something that we call the Lord's Prayer. And maybe some of you know it or could quote most of it. But I, I want to point out something and I, that about the Lord's Prayer is that this is the only place in the Bible, in the Gospels, that we see the Lord's Prayer. Now, in the other books of the New Testament, in all of the writings of Paul, we, we never see Paul write the Lord's Prayer. We never see him pray the Lord's Prayer. And maybe they did. But my point is this. When Jesus says, this is how to pray, this is not word by word how you should pray, although I enjoy using the Lord's Prayer, but it is a model. It is an example of how to pray. And so I want to try to show us maybe some principles from the Lord's Prayer that you can use now to go to the Lord with the right heart and with real prayer in this way. And moreover, this morning, you may not have known this when you walked in, uh, but plot twist, you just walked into a prayer laboratory this morning. You remember labs in school? You got, your, you, you got to do something with your hands. You just walked into a lab day, and today we're going to practice the principles of prayer that we see in the Lord's Prayer. Aren't you excited now? Yeah. I was not the group study kind of guy in school. When I knew it was like group study, lab day, I was like, I'm skipping today. I am skipping. But not today. See, I, I tricked you. You're already here. It's lab day. So, so Jesus says, this then is how you should pray, Matthew 6, 9. This, then, is how you should pray. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So our first approach to prayer is to approach God with honor and with worship. Our Father, hallowed be your name. Our approach to God in prayer should be with reverence, like a soldier to their commanding officer, or, or, or a servant coming before their king. Or, or, or maybe, uh, uh, I remember when I was in management and, and our, our highest level company executives were coming to our, our area and had to meet with us. 
you kind of like have a, you, you kind of get ready a little different for work that day. You kind of make sure that the tie is a little, a little straighter. And not that God's impressed by those things. I'm just saying there is a reverence when we come before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we come not with honor and reverence, but also we come with worship. I, for these, these 21 days of fasting and prayer, I'm, I'm reading through the entire Old Testament in 21 days. And time and time again throughout the Old Testament when neighboring countries would come and visit the king of Israel, these, these, these uh, neighboring countries would come, but they would always come before the king with gifts of silver, gold, products from the land. When, and they would present them to the king before they would ever present a request. And, and so uh, when we present ourselves to the Lord, we don't have to come empty-handed, but we come uh, bearing a gift. And that gift that we have to the Lord is that we come to him with worship. That we, 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 we the kind of worship that he deserves, which is, there's only one kind of worship God deserves. It's not a style. It's not found in a hymn book. It's not found in current styles. It's not a volume. It's not an instrument. The only kind of worship God deserves is wholehearted worship. So when we approach God, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, we come with honor and reverence, but we don't come empty-handed. We also come with worship. So before we ask, we worship. And before, before we ask for personal needs, we give him worship. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so part of the laboratory experience this morning is we're going to walk through some of these principles in prayer. And so if you came here this morning and there's a need in your life, you came to the right place today. We're going to pray for those needs. And before we, but we're not going to come to the king empty-handed. We're going to come bearing worship. So would you right now, just stand to your feet if you can. Maybe set your Bible aside. You know, let's just... Let's just get ourselves real quick into a position of worship, and we're just going to take just a couple moments, just a couple moments, and we're going to go before, the, before not just a king, the king of all kings, not just a lord, the lord of all lords. We get access to the Father. So right now, can you just... Maybe close your eyes where you're at. I know we're shifting modes here. But close your eyes. Just you and just God. Lord, right now, we just give you worship. We did this a little earlier, but God, you are ever deserving of worship. We could never worship you enough. Lord, some of us have come here to this morning heavy laden, things on our hearts and our minds. But Lord, before we get to that, let me just get to one thing first. You're awesome in this place. Holy is your name. There is no God like you. And I'm so humbled that I get to come to your throne to even present requests, but before I ever do, I just have a gift for you. Hallelujah to your name.
all praise to the Father. Can we just remain in this attitude of worship? And we're going to lift our voices all together. The team is going to lead us. Just, just briefly, just briefly, just hang in there one moment. This is between us and God. Let's give God a gift of worship right now. Come on. We're, the worship team, go ahead and begin to lead us now into worship, and right into the throne room of heaven. Lord, we don't come empty-handed. We come with praise. We come with, with a hallelujah to give you today. It's our offering of worship and praise to you. Before we ever ask of anything, we worship. Woo! See how like, whatever you were thinking before about prayer, how like now there's just this excitement? Because now you're in the presence of the king. You know that feeling when your kids open gifts, and you see their face light up, and you're just like, that's cool. This is what we get to experience with the Lord when we come before him with worship and praise. He, is, he looks at us with joy. And do you think he's going to listen to his kids now? Yeah. Go ahead and be seated. Thank you for helping us, worship team. So before we ask, we worship. Now you, our hearts are prepared. You think we're going to ask selfishly now? I don't think so. But we certainly also have the attention of the Father. So our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then the next verse, Matthew 6.10, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So now in the presence of the King, in prayer, we pray for God's will not our own. Prayer is not always just asking. I say this all the time. It's not always asking. But prayer is about aligning ourselves to the will of God. And actually, 1 John 5, this is what it says. It says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything, anything? Oh, keep reading. According to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we will know that we will have what we ask of him. Because it's his will anyway. I think he just gets excited when we want the same thing he wants. And he's like, oh yeah, I've been waiting for somebody to just align themselves with what I want and with my will. And I'm going to give it freely. I'm just going to give a ton of it, right? And so here's what you can know in, in prayer then. Well, I, well, if, geez, I want that kind of prayer where like I pray God's will and it happens. How, but how do I know God's will? What, what I want you to know is very, very simple. Is that God's will is always God's word. And so you can know God's will if you know God's word. And God's word has something to say about you. And when you discover what God's word has to say about you, then when you pray, you can believe for what God's word says about you because that must be God's will. And God's word has some things to say about your freedom and your forgiveness and your deliverance and your purpose. And then you can know what God's will is and you can pray into it and align yourself to that. You don't have to wonder what his will is if you know his word. God's word says something about your marriage. 
And so when you, you don't have to figure out what God's will is for your marriage. You just have to know God's word about your marriage. God's word has something to say about how to be a husband and how to be a wife. So if you're trying to pray about that, then you've got to know God's word about that. You don't have to wonder what his will is for your marriage. It's in his word. You don't have to wonder what his will is. It's in his word. So do this. Pray his will. It means to pray his word. Pray his word. And so we're just going to take one moment and we're going to pray together. And you don't have to stand for this. This time, I'll let you rest. But this is a laboratory this morning. So before we asked, we worshipped. But now we're going to pray. We're going to pray God's will. Would you just bow your heads with me right now, right here in this place? We're just going to activate prayer in this way. God, we worship you because you are most deserving of worship. We, it was a kind of worship we didn't care to be seen. We didn't be care to be heard by people. We just get, wanted to give you wholehearted worship because we're in the presence of majesty. And God, now I pray that your will be done. And I, I pray that you would show me the areas in my life where I've been choosing my ways over your ways. I only want what you want because what you want is best. And I pray that you'd forgive me for all the times that I have gone astray and I've chosen my own ways. I only want your ways. And Lord, there are people even here today, God, that are dealing with anxiety. They're struggling in their mind. But Philippians 4.6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, by thanksgiving, present your request to God. And Lord, so we just come, uh, uh, Lord, there are some things that are stressful, and I'm just going to bring those here to you. I'm just going to bring those, those relationship issues, those financial issues, those work issues. I'm just going to bring them to you right here in prayer, believing that in the next verse, in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts in your minds in Christ Jesus. So God, will you give me that kind of peace that transcends, that I could even comprehend the kind of peace that I can have only because I came to you in prayer. And Lord, your word also says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And Psalm 56 says, why am I afraid? I put my trust in you. And so I do that Psalm 34, 4, God. It says, I sought the Lord. He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And some gods struggle in their physical bodies. I think of those in our church that are struggling with ailments and disease and struggle. But Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. So I pray for healing in bodies today. I pray that you would heal people, Lord, in their minds and their hearts. But heal them, Lord, in their physical bodies, I pray. In Psalm 103, God, it says, praise the Lord my soul and forget not all of his benefits who forgives all sins and heals all diseases. Thank you, God. And may your will be done as you spoke it in your word. And if all God's people together with me say one big amen. 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 Do you know what amen means? It means so be it. So amen in Jesus' name. Amen to that healing. Amen to that recovery. Amen to God, your will be done. So 
So our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So pray for God's will. God's will is God's word. And then Jesus goes on. He says, okay. And then pray like this. Give us today our daily bread. Where does this concept of daily bread come from? Well, if you've been in the Old Testament at all in reading, you'll remember that when the Israelites were wandering in the desert, God provided fresh manna every single morning. That manna would not last to the next day. They had to go out and gather that day's manna to give themselves sustenance for the day for their, themselves and their families. And it was something they had to gather every single day. And, and so this provision is, is God's daily provision for the needs of the Israelites when they were wandering appeared every morning and there was enough for that day. So the third thing about prayer I want you to know is that prayer, you can pray for your personal needs. We have personal needs and God saw the personal needs of the Hebrews wandering in the desert and he provided every day for their personal needs. James chapter four, verse two, it says, you desire but you do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And that's prayer. And when you ask God, that's prayer. But you do not receive because you have wrong motives. Oh, you need right heart and real prayer. So now you have wrong heart. You do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Asking goes back to how Jesus started. When we come to God to ask for our, our needs, it's about right heart and real prayer. So let me ask you this morning, in this laboratory of prayer we have today, do you have needs? Oh, about, well, it's not a Lamborghini, though. That's not a need. You see, we, we ask and not receive because we ask with wrong motives because we will spend what God gives us on our own pleasures. Okay, so, so okay, now filter out now, now. Okay, filter your list. What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? Maybe you need some of the things we prayed for in his word. Maybe you need some freedom in your mind. Maybe, maybe you need some freedom through forgiveness. What do you need? Maybe you need to control that anger problem, and you need, that, you need to control that temper. You need God to help you with that. What, what, do, you, what do you need? Maybe there is a deficiency in your life, and, and you really need God to be his, the provider that he is. What, what do you need? Whatever you ask for in his name, he will give you according to his will. If we ask with the right motives, that we, won't, we don't want to just... That our need is not something that is selfish. So, so, so what do you need? Would you bow your head with me? You, you, you see, God is as close as the air we breathe. He, he, he's, he's right here. We don't need to draw him up with some secret formula. No, he's already here. And he knows your needs before you ask. But will you know what your needs are? Lord, I know there are people here this morning that have great needs. There's somebody watching online that has a great need. And I'm so grateful, God, that we can come directly to you, our Father, and present you with our needs. 
that you, God, provide for us. You give us today our daily bread. You know what we need. You are a great provider. And so, God, I pray for those that what they need is peace. Would you give them peace? I pray for those that do need a healing, that you would give them healing. I pray that for the person that needs purpose, you would give them purpose. Because they're about to make a difference in, this, in their world. Give them purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. And then he continues. And worshiping, you guys can come up and uh, as we land the plane here and finish up our lab. Matthew 6, 12, it says, and then Jesus continues in this, in the Lord's Prayer here, and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Prayer is that you can pray to find freedom. You can be free from the ailments of your mistakes. You can be free from resentment and unforgiveness. He says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. You can be free from the sin that so easily entangles. Acts 13, this is what it says. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is what? Is set free from sin. Through prayer this morning, you can have a prayer that we call a repentant kind of prayer. Repentance means to turn around and go the other way. That, that means through prayer, you can change the direction of your life with, through repentance. I'm going to leave the direction I'm going, and my first, the first step of repentance is a step back to God in prayer. You can go to him in that kind of prayer, a repentant kind of prayer, and, he, and you can find freedom. Come on, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Have you found freedom before? I know when I've cried out to God, he has given me unbelievable freedom. Set me free from the things that have been heavy laden on my life. And I've walked through processes, even with other people, because I needed help. I needed free from the heaviness and the, and the stuff of life. Forgive us our debts, Lord. And also, to forgive our debtors. You see, unforgiveness is this cancer that lives inside of us. It is a darkness that just eats at us, and it, it, it makes us struggle relationally this way, and, and, and it just it hurts us, and it hurts our relationship with the Father because we have this resentment in our heart. And God ultimately says, how can I forgive you freely if you don't forgive others freely? And the, and the, the key to forgiveness is, is that forgiveness is forgiving others even if they're not sorry. And that's hard because something in us wants justice. Like, I'll forgive them if they this and that. I'll forgive them if they do this and this first. Well, if they were sorry, I'd forgive them. Ooh, how did God forgive you? Freely. And freely we're going to forgive others. And I can tell you, friends, there is such liberty and freedom when we choose to forgive. 
And Jesus knew that how essential this is to our life, that he includes it in the formula of prayer. God, forgive us, and I'm willing to forgive others. And lead us not into, into temptation, but deliver us. Would you stand to your feet this morning as we wrap this up? We're going to pray this morning. And maybe you're here this morning, and, and, and the Holy Spirit is, is put, raising something to the surface of your mind. And you're, he's, he's going to cause you to think of it. And that there is an issue of sin in your life, something that has its grip on you, it's got its hold on you. And, and today, in prayer, in the presence of God, we can, we can come to him in prayer and find freedom from those things. And it is a prayer of repentance. It's a prayer of, I'm going to take a step back towards God. I'm going to run from that thing. So do you need forgiveness of sin? Is there a sin issue in your life? You've got to turn that thing around today. You've got to turn that thing around. And that first step is right here. We're going to step towards God in prayer. Would you close your eyes all over this place, every eye closed? Issue of sin in your life. Right now, just in your heart, just you, just God. Would you begin to confess that to God? God, I'm struggling I have struggled. Lord, I've made some poor decisions. I keep running back to that thing. He forgives freely. Would you forgive me, God? For I spoke poorly of that person and I felt bad about it the moment after, but I need, just need to ask you to forgive me. God, would you forgive me? I lashed out in anger again. Would you forgive me? I don't, I don't want that for my life. Forgive me. I need help. Forgive me for my worry. I'm going to choose to put my trust in you. Lord, forgive me for my lust. Give me clean hands and a pure heart. For the pure of heart shall see God. I want to see you. Purify my heart. And maybe you need to forgive others. And may the Holy Spirit, may you bring to the surface of our minds right now the person that we need to forgive. They've wronged us. They're not sorry. They've been disrespectful. They took advantage of us. They've slaughtered us verbally behind our back to others. Forgive. Forgive. Lord, we choose to forgive others the way you have forgiven us. Freely we forgive. And now, God, I pray that you would heal those from the hurt and heal them of the resentment in their heart so that they can be free. And it says those, and Acts said that through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. And if you believe in your heart, that the sacrifice of Jesus was enough to cover all sins, then you are free from every sin. You are what the Bible calls justified, which means it's just as if I never sinned. You can walk out of here today, and I want you to resist the guilt that the enemy wants to put on you. Yeah, God maybe forgave you, but you should still feel guilty. No, no, no. You, now your prayer is, I am justified freely by his grace. It is just as if you never sinned. You walk out of here brand new with a new life through forgiveness in him. You can have it. You can have it for those who believe. Do you believe? 
Thank you, Father. Thank you. God, all I have to say is you're the best dad that I have ever had. I thank you that you treat us so rightly and justly. Yes, we suffer the consequences of our choices, but you bless our obedience. I pray that, our, that together, Lord, in this, in this journey together, this 21-day journey, here we are, day eight. God, would you, I pray that you will inspire our prayer life like never before. I pray that this week that some of us, Lord, will find time in our car or in our kitchen or at the, in, our, in our break room, that we will find a, a time and a place that we will enter into your presence through worship and then, God, we will pray according to your will. We will bring before you every need, and we will continue to walk in repentance and forgiveness, I pray in Jesus' name, that we will be people that walk freely with the freedom of Christ in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. 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 Do you feel better? I just feel the presence of God, and that's prayer, and that's prayer. Come on, if the Lord's been good to you today, just give him one last little, little bit of praise right here. Come on. He's the best. He's the best.